Hi, I'm Vicki Bolson, and welcome to Taking Care in Business, a podcast I created out of my passion for using business as a force for good. From environmental practices to social impacts and all that falls within the realm of corporate social responsibility, I'm always curious about how organizations are taking care in business. Well, if you are tuning in today, I um, particularly want you to stay tuned. If you are an entrepreneur, you are community-focused, hyper-focused, you have a big idea and you want to know how to get it off the ground, uh, because we have an amazing guest today named Mariel Greenlee. She is with the Indie Dance Council. She fits all those descriptors. She is so entrepreneurial-minded. She's super community-focused. She had a big idea, and she did get it off the ground. And in fact, she got it so off the ground that in one short year, she is having an entire festival surrounding um, her big idea. So hi, Mariel. Thanks for joining me today. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm going to let you tell our listeners what the Indie Dance Council does instead of me giving my version of it. So the Indie Dance Council is a fairly large group of different dancers, uh, members of dance organizations and dance educators coming together to sort of discuss, you know, where their um, needs and challenges and, and goals sort of overlap. And the purpose of the Dance Council is to sort of figure out ways that we can lift everyone up together. Um, We're trying to increase the visibility and awareness of the dance that is already happening in the area and sort of cause more catalysts between um, collaboration and um, audience meeting. It's uh, the dancers, the dance makers meeting their audiences and vice versa um, to make it as easy as possible to find the dance that you seek. Right. And it also for people who just love dance to find out where they can go see a performance, which yeah. is super cool. So the, the idea is to organize it and find a, um, a central pipeline for the dance information. Right, right. So I think it's only fair that everybody hear a little bit about your background, which is so fascinating, so that they can kind of understand why you had this idea to begin with. Sure. Um, So I got here in 2005, sight unseen, to join um, Dance Kaleidoscope as a dancer. And I was a full-time professional dancer with DK for about 15 years, from age 25 to 39. And um, I would say it took me, I don't know, maybe the first 10 years of being here to really find out or get a sense of a lot of the dance around me. Um, Even when I first moved to Indianapolis, we didn't even have um, an active professional ballet company. Um, And now there is a lot of ballet present in the area. I will never forget the day that I was teaching um, at the ballet school and I walked out of the front door and I heard drums coming from down the hall and across the hall from the ballet school was the Riolo um, dance school for ballroom. And down the hall, there was this woman, Ronnie Stone, who is one of the most incredible dancers in town. And she is the director of the Epiphany Dance Company. They perform West African dance. And I poked my nose in and she like waved me in. 
I hadn't heard drums like that, music like that. I hadn't seen dancing like that since I'd left college. I didn't even know that it was in Indianapolis. And I'd been here for, at that point, probably almost 10 years. So it was just sort of wild, the amount of time and effort it took to find out all of the different dance that was happening in the community. And I was like, people need to know about this. It's so cool. Yeah. So that was... um... I can't believe you were here 10 years before you even like knew they existed. Well, it's, I mean, it's probably a, it's a guesstimate, but like, it just took so much time to find out that there was like, there was just incredible. There's an Irish dance. There is Indian dance. There is um, Spanish dance, Latin dance, uh, ballroom dance. Like there is everything here. Um, We just don't hear about it as much or as easily. Right. Right. So had you been, were you familiar with other, because you moved to, you were in New York city before you came here, right? Yeah, that's correct. So did New York city, I mean, probably one of the biggest cities in the world for dancers to be, have a a council, like a, a similar organization, which is also what helped spark this idea? Yeah, so they have Dance NYC, which is a huge organization because it's New York. It is Dance Mecca. Um, There's a lot of information to organize there. Um, But I started looking into different smaller cities. Um, The Alabama Dance Council does a phenomenal job. There's an organization in uh, Portland, Oregon called Dance Wire. Um, And there's uh, in a lot of different places, there are smaller dance councils that sort of it's like a miniature uh, arts council advocating specifically for the art form of dance. Wow. So then you you saw that and you thought people need to know about this because I would think as a um, a trained ballerina that there's influence of all of these other dance, dance types within the art form of ballet, right? Sure. So there is um, some natural overlap between certain styles, but for other styles, there isn't always a a cause for it or a reason to, um, you know, street dance happens on the street or outside or in um, different venues than like ballet has to have a very specific floor. It has to be sprung. There has to be Marley. So um, in order for worlds to collide, there has to be a common goal. Oh, I, I, yes, absolutely. So what has been the reception and really the steps? So, because it's been only, I don't know how long you spent prepping, but you've really only been around about a year. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea happened many, many years ago, and I had sort of sketched out an outline. In fact, um, that very uh, moment I told you about when I ran, when I ran into, um, uh, Ronnie Stone teaching her class, I think I sat down and actually wrote her a little bit of a love note. And I think I said in this love note, someday I want to, I want to have a dance festival in town so that, you know, we could bring all of this cool stuff together. Um, I'm very curious to talk to her again and see if she remembers that. But um, so I started out with just like outline and, and fleshing out, brainstorming. And, you know, I have, um, I have one particular girlfriend who, uh, She's always in the corner of, of my mind going, well, yeah, Marielle, why not? <laughs> um, or my friend, Justin from Phoenix uh, Dance Rising, he's, he's sort of the same, he's a dreamer. And he's like, why don't, we, why don't we dream unbridled and then figure out how to make it happen um, as opposed to like taking the safe road of building. Um, and I got very similar advice too from um, 
from a friend of mine, Karen Manja, and she said, pick one thing that will take you the furthest and that will help you gain the traction to accomplish all of the many different offshoot ideas that you have. Because there is a pile of things that are on my dream list that we would like to get to eventually. But the dance, uh, having um, a dance festival for the city, for all of the different dance to come together and interact and eat a piece of pizza and cheer each other on, that was sort of the thing that seemed like, okay, so that's that's where we have to start. Well, and you're doing it, which um, I want to talk about that. It's a festival July 15th and 16th, I know, in Indianapolis. Um, but before we talk specifically about it, I want to ask, was that the one big thing? Or was it one of the things that people gain by going to the website? Um, that might be a chicken and egg question. Um, so I did receive a lot of support. Um, something else that also sort of fueled the idea was after being here for so many years, I would get a pretty consistent, um, inbox full of, Hey, do you know anyone that can sub my Thursday night jazz class? Or do you know if there's any extra dancers in town for such and such event to do pickup work or gig work or, um, do you know where I can take adult hip hop on a Tuesday that isn't at a studio full of very small kids um, or just random fielding random questions? And I was like this, we could post all of this information somewhere permanently. And then also for um, for people that are new to the area and for people that are maybe danced when they were young and then did a lot of growing and then now they want to kind of come back to the thing that they loved most when they were younger, um, how to break back into dancing as an adult. Um, so we created a database. You can actually filter and search. So you can say, um, I'm on the West side. I want tap and I don't know, tap and jazz or something like that. Um, and I'm 13 or I'm 27. Um, and you can filter, you can check the boxes and it will shoot you back out a completely unbiased um, result based on your, uh, the boxes you check. Or you can just search unbridled for like the entire city um, and you'll have a lot of choices. There's about 60, 65 dance schools and that's not including the additional ballroom schools bump us up to like in the seventies. So there is a lot. It's unbelievable. And honestly, it seems to me like um, so the, the, I guess the goals or the things that I see that people gain from visiting IndieDanceCouncil.org, um, in addition to searching a database like that to find a, a fit for taking classes, it's, um, also, I mean, well, you kind of said this, it's the collection and sharing of the resources, mm -hmm. um, and it's the building of community, Sure. Um, so the database is one big chunk. And then there's also a master events calendar where any person can create a free account and they can post any sort of um, a community event, a workshop, a performance, a free class, um, anything dance related. Um, so it's a calendar that lives there permanently. And then there's also another page for different resources. There's one page devoted to healthcare resources, one devoted to financial resources, different scholarships and grants available to dancers in our area. And then a fourth, that's sort of a catch-all that we call supporting industries. And that's photographers, videographers, a list of venues, um, a music uh, or sound that's designer. Uh, I bet. 
anyone that supports dance so that if I moved here, for example, from New York and I was like, I want to start a dance company. Um, where do I start? Yeah. Wow. It's, it's really, it's phenomenal. I mean, congratulations. Um, and, and mostly congratulations to obviously the reception to it has been great because you are literally one year later being supported by in, in investors or funders to have this festival bringing all of this together. And it's, it's kind of serendipitous, I think, where it's taking place at Butler. And I, you told me the story about Butler had some goals and objectives they were working on because they do have a dance school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a great dance school. Yeah. And so talk about how that kind of came together, their goals and then finding out about Indie Dance Council and, and the evolution of this two-day festival. Sure. Um, so we have a dance kaleidoscope always had a very um, strong relationship with uh, the folks at Butler University. We used to actually um, be on their campus for many, many years. Um, and so we were looking for a location that would be because the dance spans from like the far stretches of northern Westfield or even Lebanon all the way down to like the, the south side. Um, and so we were thinking central location would be great. Um, a lot of the downtown venues um, are either very large or very small. So we were looking for a medium sized venue and somewhere that is close to dance studios. So it was sort of a natural fit. And then also when we were looking for um, things kind of came together very quickly. So to produce uh, a performance inside of in less than a year, um, it was, there wasn't that many dates available. So we started with what the dates available were and Butler had some great ones. And as it happens, their uh, summer dance program is uh, the entire month of July. So it starts the, it's like the third to the 30th of July. And so they already have hundreds of dancers on campus, but they're doing their own like very um, curated and intensive program. So the festival is meant, and all of the work of the Dance Council is meant to supplement what already exists. So we're not trying to produce our own things that are going to take away from what all of the organizations are doing. We're trying to find gaps and holes and new ideas that will help connect and uplift and catalyze and create more of the good stuff. Yeah. So, um, so the classes that we offer are very, very different than the programming of their summer festival or sorry, their summer intensive. Um, they're just a couple one-off uh, master classes and they range from hopping a few different styles of modern dance and contemporary. Um, we have an Olympic break dancer teaching a break dance class. Um, gosh, commercial jazz, musical theater. Um, so we do have one ballet class offering, um, which Butler is uh, very ballet focused, but they also do jazz and they do a lot of other things too but not so much um, where the classes overlap, but um, we also are offering a few panel discussions. Two of them are dancer focused and one of them is dance educator focused. So the dance students of the Butler Summer Dance Program are invited to attend those free panel discussions. They are open to the whole community. You don't have to be just a dancer. Um, and so we'll have some engagement and crossover there. And then also, um, they've helped sponsored our event and in turn um we'll we'll offer them tickets to come see the the performances especially for 
those students that are coming to their program from out of town. It, it's a nice little snapshot of this is all of the dance that we have here. Should you choose to come to Butler University and um, attend their program year round? Uh, it's it's such a great way of coming together. You know, I, it's just it's fantastic. Um, so it's July 15th to the 16th, and everybody can go to IndieDanceCouncil.org, and there's a festival or, or an events events tab at the top that, that you can click down on, and I was visiting it, and you can click on each person that's going to be performing. It's super cool. Yeah, we have a great lineup. Um, each show is totally unique, um, so if you come on... Saturday and Sunday, you won't see any crossover there. Um, same with the master classes. Uh, there'll be six classes on Saturday and four classes on Sunday, happening um, two at a time. Um, there's two panels on Saturday, one panel on Sunday. Um, so there's a little bit of variety um, there. And again, the styles are all over from tap to uh, Bhangra to um, some incredible performers from 317, from the street dance side, from the contemporary dance side. Indie Ballet will be there. Dance Kaleidoscope will be there. We're missing a couple because um, uh, a few of our organizations, uh, dance organizations are off contract or otherwise engaged. So we didn't get to get 100% of everyone, but um, we might need a third show to do that anyways. So goals for next year. Yeah, goals for, I love that. You're already talking next year. Okay, I, I have to shift gears and talk a little bit businessy since this is a, a podcast about using business as a force for good. I think we all can see the force for good behind what you're doing. You're bringing a resource to so many people um, that otherwise wouldn't have existed. I'm sure it's going to make everybody that is interested in dance in this profession, it just it's going to help um, streamline a lot of information for a lot of people. I'm sure it was not a small undertaking for you. What was the, what's a piece of advice? Like if somebody who's listening stayed on because they were like, I'm an entrepreneur, I have a big idea. What would be the piece of advice that you would give people if they were trying to execute a big idea that involved a lot of wins for a lot of people, but like to get it off the ground, what would you tell them? Yeah. Um, so I started with sketching, sketching out outlines, uh, vision board, all of that. I feel like it's a very common place to start. Um, and also surrounding yourself with a core group of people that can give you advice. I think it's, you know, it's unrealistic to be able to know something about everything or to know, you know, we all know a lot about something, um, but sort of finding the gaps in your knowledge and making sure you're getting great advice in those areas and someone that you can shoot like a quick email or a text and be like, um, I'm not sure how to do this. Can you walk me through it? And know that you'll get like a, a fairly fast turnaround on those things. Um, I also highly recommend the Indiana Arts Commission offers a program called the OnRamp program. And you sort of submit your idea and you uh, go for like two days of classes on a little bit of everything from forming a mission statement to possible partners to um, wow. they cover a lot of uh, cover a lot of ground. And then it also um, ends in a $1,500 reward. So that money went directly into building the website 
and oh, helped me sort of I helped me sort of streamline what where to start. I think. Wow, that's super cool. Do you, I? Um, that's a that's a great piece of advice. I bet there are similar programs in other cities. Maybe. How did I mean? How did you find out about that? I'm trying to give real practical advice to people. I mean, I guess you could Google like um, city entrepreneurial programs. Entre- I, I'm just trying yeah. to give words to use. You clearly were, were you introduced to someone or had you just done a Google search? Um, well, I do, I do follow our, our local arts council and the Indiana arts commission. Usually uh, there's a government programs list of, of things that your area offers. And yeah. Yeah. A lot, and of, now a lot of Googling. Got- these grants and things that are available to people in your industry on your own website. So yes, how cool. Well, I, I just, I think that, um, I, you know, I, I actually took it Butler. I took ballet there when I was a little girl and I have a daughter who's really into dance. I've told you how she's into show choir. And so I know how exciting this community can be. And also just, you know, how hard I've worked just to find, you know, a pair of briefs for my daughter and mm-hmm. before and how far I've had to drive to get them because yeah. sizes were hard to come by that I needed or whatever. And the work that goes into these things, you know, with the costuming and the styling and the freelance choreographers that are needed and all that kind of stuff. So I am certainly not in it as deep as you as a former professional dancer, but I can completely understand how this is an amazing resource. And in fact, throughout the last year of my daughter's last year of high school show choir, I would bring it up that I I know you or whatever. <laughs> and everybody <laughs> knew about Indie Dance Council, everybody. And it was that. just raving about, you know, how brilliant it is and, um, so, so just congrats. I think, I think I'm up to 20 years now of teaching in the Indianapolis area. So you meet a lot of, at this point, um, one of my, I don't know, fifth year students here is actually one of my, um, one of my bosses. She signs my paychecks and I taught her ballet when she was 14. So it's, it's, a, it's a cool full circle. Um, but it's, uh, it's a lot of years and a lot of relationships and a lot of, love for for the art form if i am no longer dancing myself i the the next best thing is to lift up those that are and be able to watch them just beam you know to me there is there is nothing like um there's nothing like it there's nothing like dance because it's the communication there's no intermediary between you and what you're putting out there it is you um going inside out out on stage so um yeah if I can't do it myself I want to watch it and I want to see it and I want there to be more in the world yeah absolutely well well thank you for doing it because I happen to live in Indianapolis so I am going to be able to benefit from um the resource in the festival I'm going to be there I don't know, maybe both nights. We'll see. I just texted my daughter before this uh, and asked her to check out the website and see if there's, you know, if she's going to, she wants to go to a, a panel or a class. So um, she said, oh, mom, thanks for reminding me. I got to tell all my friends. So um, I'm excited to talk with her about that more too. But 
before we say goodbye one more time, tell people how they can get tickets. So if you go to our website, www.indiedancecouncil.org, there is a drop-down menu for the Indie Dance Festival. You can click on that and it will take you to our, our main Indie Dance Festival page. And from there, there are buttons um, for buying tickets to the performances. Um, you can also go directly to ticketmaster.com and search for um, the Butler Arts and Events um, Center. And let's see, the, um, the classes are separate. They are through Eventbrite. There's also a button for that on our website, or you can search on the eventbrite.com um, website for Indie Dance Festival. Well, thank you, Muriel. Thanks for joining. People can also follow you on um, social. Absolutely. On Instagram, Indie Dance Council. There's yeah. tons of information there. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us. I will see you July 15th and, or, and 16th. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I'll see you there. Here are my takeaways for my conversation with Muriel Greenlee of Indie Dance Council. Muriel's doing a great job of identifying her various stakeholders. I would just suggest that she figure out exactly who those stakeholders are and where she needs to communicate with them, whether that's email, social media, ad events, and take all that information and create an annual strategic communications plan. So she has a roadmap from which to execute the various tactics that she's identified make sense to promote Indie Dance Council. I would also create opportunities for her stakeholders to get exposure with Indie Dance Council and perhaps make some of those opportunities revenue generating ideas so that Muriel can continue to create ongoing annual events and opportunities for the dance community to come together in the Indianapolis area. Taking Care in Business is hosted by Vicki Bolson and is produced by me, Morgan Hartman. Together, Vicki and I are part of the team here at Bolson Group. If you enjoyed today's episode and you'd like to help support our show, please follow and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and updates, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Taking Care in Biz, that's biz with a Z, or by going to our website at takingcareinbusiness.com. If you have any questions, comments, or have a guest suggestion, you can email us at info at takingcareinbusiness.com. Thank you for joining us today and stay tuned for our next episode to learn more about using business as a force for good.